Welcome to Inspiring Entrepreneurs Montreal, showcasing stories from outstanding business people across Quebec by FL Montreal, Dan Delmar and Ernie Furt, sitting in for Mike Newton with you today. Hello, Ernie. Hello, Dan. Welcome back. Thank you. Always a pleasure to be here. We're also going to talk about cloud-based accounting systems later on the show, by the way, for those that want to upgrade their technology. And our guest on the program today is George Kiris from Group Commensal. Uh, really interesting entrepreneur, Ernie, uh, but he also uh, is sort of a change maker. He was really a, a frozen fruit and veggie pioneer in Canada, and uh, he's on the way. That's going to be a very interesting discussion with George. So Gru Commensal used to be a chain of restaurants, one of Montreal's vegetarian restaurant pioneers. And uh, the restaurants don't exist anymore, but George bought the brand and uh, bought the retail business, and they, cook, and they do uh, pre-cooked meals um, in the frozen section uh, for vegetarian consumers. So that is on the way. And Ernie, let's start with the good news. <laughs> uh, recession is coming, by the way. There's been more and more talk about this, more speculation that it is around the corner for early 2023, perhaps. Uh, Inc.com proposes four ways to uh, grow revenue in a downturn. Uh, here are some ideas. Deepen your offering for current customers. Become ROI positive for customers. Optimize your prices. Drive repeat usage. Uh, so basically, doubling down, I guess I'm taking from what I'm taking from this article, Ernie, is doubling down on the stuff that's working already. Absolutely. Listen, you, you already have a certain customer base. You, what you want to do is increase their buying from you. Okay. So at, at, at the end of the day, if you're offering them other services as, uh, that are complementary to what they're already purchasing, then they know you, they respect you, and hopefully they, they, you know, they love you and will continue using you. So if you could provide them with other stuff that they could use that would help them in their business or or or, or whatever, that would be great. You know, you just you know you have to be smart in 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 these days. You know, you can raise your prices to a certain extent, but there may be some you know people won't be as tolerant to price uh, raises. So you could raise your prices potentially only for new customers and not necessarily for the old customers. Uh, you got to drive that repeat usage. So that, that's in essential uh, to, uh, to, to, to your success because it's always easy to have uh, uh, to, to, to go with the same old customer, give them more rather than try to create that new customer. And especially uh, in terms of planning, um, crystal ball, Ernie, when is it coming? Uh, early 2023, according to some Canadian economists, but um, we've been waiting. And hopefully we'll continue to wait a long time um, because crystal balls are, uh, are for magicians. I don't have one and I can't tell you when it's coming. It all depends on what's going what's gonna to be around the world. War, uh, you know, oil. Uh, we have to see what people are going to do. And, you know, those, those things will drive it at the end of the day. Fair to say, though, that one probably is coming soon and that entrepreneurs should prepare? Yes, absolutely. That's, that, that, that's, a, that's probably a certainty because everybody's predicting that. What's the, what's the first thing on the list? I mean, uh, what's the first action an entrepreneur does uh, if, uh, if they see this recession around the corner? They have to tighten. They have to tighten their mm -hmm. belts to a certain extent, take a look around, Try to retain the best and the brightest and uh, try to, to try to keep their customers satisfied, uh, as the song says, and, uh, and try to keep driving their business forward. Let's talk a little bit about talent now. 
Let's talk about retaining people. That's a constant on the season of Inspiring Entrepreneurs. Ernie from Inc.com. Five ways to keep your people. What are, you, what are your best ways to retain talent? It may be easier sometimes to keep the older people because the older people have been in it and want to come back to work uh, in, in, in an in-person environment. Others, the younger ones, may be more difficult. But the way to keep people in general is you have to have clear expectations and requirements. Plan and document a path for each employee. Communicate with the employee. You know, you got to share the vision with the employee for the future of the company. Uh, you know, provide them with tools and training to make them successful. You know, when we went on, let's call it pandemic leave, um, we were able to give people computers, able to give them screens, printers if they needed them, scanners if they needed them, so they could basically plug and play and be in the same type of environment that they would be in the office. So it's phenomenal if you can do that kind of stuff because employees really appreciate it. You have to monitor progress, obviously, and, and provide constructive feedback to help your employees. Recognize their efforts. And at the end of the day, in any business, you get rid of the bad employees, whether they're virtual or in person. Uh, bad employees just add to a bad environment. Also, uh, regarding talent, Ernie, uh, a lot of these uh, new terms, um, for some reason, they all have quiet in the names, but quiet fleecing uh, is now uh, the latest one uh, after quiet quitting. Uh, this from Human Resources Director Magazine, HRD. Quiet fleecing, are you robbing top talent of time and money? What is quiet fleecing, Ernie? Be, quiet fleecing could be like, you know, stagnating the, the, the people's wages, uh, keeping them at a, a, at, a, at a current level, not taking into account inflation, and it's like short-term cost-cutting. It, it, it's it, it's short-term uh, gain, but you're going to have long-term pain if you do the short-term gain. Because a lot of people are burnt out. You know, the, the, the article talks about 81% of employees feel burnt out. Uh, and you need to manage the workloads, okay, uh, of, of employees, whether, you know, the good employees, we have a terrible tendency of overfeeding them. Uh, employees themselves seem to be compelled when they're working from home to add additional hours. And, and, and sometimes those additional hours aren't asked for, but the employees feel that they should in order to, to impress their managers. So you have to try to delegate more. Don't overburden your employees. And and just you know keep it going in the, in the right way and communication in every every article that that we've gone through historically, you gotta communicate with people. They gotta know what's on your mind. You gotta know what's on theirs so you can feed each other. Lastly, on talent retention, uh, perks. I I'm not. I mean, part of the fact that I'm not so into perks is that uh, we have a virtual business, and I like the perk of offering people the salary that they want. So that's that's my advice for entrepreneurs, PR wise, is give people the salary that they want. That's the ultimate perk, I think. But Inc.com offers their suggestions for the silliest perks that don't really work in the long term, including unlimited vacation policies, open plan offices, alcohol in the office. That's that could create some problems. Uh, crazy team building activities. And uh, nap pods or on-site gyms, uh, because they argue this leads to too much recreation. What, what are your What are your thoughts on some of these perks or the ones that you might actually find useful? Well, first of all, some of them are useful. Uh, you know, we have open offices, and it's going to be hard to change open offices over the course of time. But they will change because it, it, everything is cyclical. 
before every office was closed. Now everybody, every, everybody decided to have open offices. You know, alcohol in the office, not a great idea. It often gets abused and, and, and at the end of the day does not lead to more pro productivity. With crazy team building activities, they can be interesting, but are, do you really want to force fun or do you want the fun to be organic with the people? You know, nap pods and, and, and on-site gyms, you know, it, it kind of is an anti-incentive because people see that, oh, there's gyms and nap pods. I, I never really have to leave this office. If they feed me, I can stay here 24-7. But you don't want people to stay there 24 You may want them to stay 24-7, but it's not productive for them. And that's why they, they feel the burnout, okay? The perks need to align with the employee's values, you know, healthy and productive stuff that you have to do. And that's what you, that's the kind of culture that you have to foster a healthy and productive culture within the, within the employment world, you know, empower employees to do their best work. That's what you need to do. As we're talking here, uh, one of my uh, colleagues is texting me, when are we doing our, our employee activity? And uh, I, I already know what it is going to be, Ernie. I'm going to bring everyone up to the country and we're going to, we're going to chop some wood before before the the winter do you think they'll be into that uh who are they chopping the wood for well for me mostly well so no <laughs> okay i gotta work on my team building activity ideas okay fair enough <laughs> um we're gonna talk to uh, a man coming up that has had a really big impact on actually healthy lifestyles frankly across canada he's helped us uh, get access to more frozen fruits and vegetables with his brand Europe's Best. Uh, he recently acquired the Group Commencial name, which he is uh, using for uh, frozen foods for vegetarian uh, meals uh, distributed across Quebec in grocery stores. His name is George Kiris of Group Commencial. George, welcome to Inspiring Entrepreneurs. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to be here. First of all, easiest question for those that don't know, uh, there aren't very many, but what is Group Commencial? Group Commencial started as um, vegan vegetarian restaurants, and then gradually uh, introduced soups, fresh soups, fresh vegan and vegetarian soups, has been doing that for the last 35 years. It closes restaurants, and I purchased that company uh, approximately five years ago, and, uh, and started to redirect it into a, uh, into a transition period of introducing amazing new products. So we're talking about just a, a manufacturing operation now. So the restaurants are the are restaurants closed? are closed. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so tell me about the products. What what kind of products do you sell? We sell all kinds of uh, vegetarian soups, vegan soups. We sell uh, frozen meals. We sell setan, which is an alternative to soy, where some people are adversely affected and don't want to use soy in their in their in, in their consumption. Uh, we we give that offering that that alternative choice of setan which is a wheat product. So you're in the food industry. You seem to like the food industry and you have a history in the food industry. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that history in the food industry? Because I think you started almost like a baby in this industry. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, let's do this. Uh, uh, George Kears and his family started a company called Four Brothers Supermarkets. Uh, we, once upon a time, a long time ago, we had uh, 12 supermarkets here in Quebec. Uh, we're one of the largest retailers, uh, independent retailers in Canada. And, uh, and gradually I came across an idea, you know, because we, we had this, our, our, our specialty was for the fresh fruits and vegetables. And I wondered why can't we, could we not introduce um, that same greatness and quality in frozen? 
So with that in mind, I uh, did a lot of scouting and um, and discovered that we could find some amazing fruits. And I launched a company called Europe's Best. Europe's Best was the uh, first frozen fruit company that went retail. Uh, we And we, we launched it with a stand-up bag, which at that time was a, a first for actually for the world. They've never seen a stand-up bag in frozen fruit or frozen or, or anything really for that matter. Most of the bags were flat. Growing up, you, you know, when you went to a grocery store, everything was flat. You know, the bags were flat. Uh, I believe that consumers should be able to see the product. And, and that's what we did. Now, it's a company that became... Uh, that launched the frozen fruit category. We did it with the help of Quebec retailers. And I say that, and I say that, you know, proudly because, you know, innovation is very difficult. When you go into innovation, you can always stumble and hurt yourself because some people may not buy into it. Some people may say, you know what? Uh, no, I'm not buying into this. And they don't support you. Quebec retailers supported the project. And subsequently, Canadian retailers supported the project where today, we sell more frozen fruits in Canada than frozen vegetables. So, George, fruits and vegetables really a through line throughout your career. Uh, is it is it, explain why 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 you stuck to to that category uh, throughout your career? Well, you know, it's it, I think it's in my DNA. It, it's in my DNA to really you know embrace uh, healthier uh, living, healthier eating. I really wanted to put a, a footprint on this on this earth. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why I circled back and, and purchased uh, the company called Alasco, who was my partner at the time. We owned it. We owned Europe's best 50-50. And I had an opportunity through the government of Canada, through FCC, who had an, uh, who asked me if I would like to, to align myself with them in launching uh, and, and, uh, and acquiring Alasco two, uh, two years ago, right in, the, right in the full pandemic. And I said to myself, you know what? I think it's my legacy to leave to this to this Canadian country that that really helped me, you know, be financially great as I am today. Uh, I wanted to give back, so I said, you know what, let's do this together collectively. So today, Alaska is owned fifty percent by Canadians through Farm Credit Canada, and fifty percent by myself and my part, my two partners, Jerry Perlingis and Nicholas Bergeron. Very interesting, Ernie. Uh, you know, finding some of these systemic. Uh, issues in this case, uh, the uh, the 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 difficulty transporting fruits and vegetables across Canada can turn into a really a cultural phenomenon. I mean, uh, I think George is uh, partially responsible for the increase in smoothie consumption, probably in uh, in Canada. That's for sure. You know, and being in so many different grocery stores, you know, I'm curious with with respect to the grocery stores that you're into with with Group Commensal. How did you get into all those grocery stores? Did it all start through Europe's Best and you maintained the contacts? How did that go? Um, it's having the right products at the right price and being consistent with the quality. I mean, you know, it's, I think, extremely important that you love what you do, have a passion to what you do, and have a, and have a vision to where you want to be. Uh, I, I think people sometimes get misguided by listening to too many informations and, and taking too many uh, ideas and trying to do copy paste of things that have already been done. You need to have a uniqueness into your offering. If you want to be successful in the market, a has been me too product uh, is not going to help you achieve your objectives. Let's talk about frozen meals for a second. Um, the, they've been upgraded, I feel like, in recent years. I mean, I was just at the grocery store the other day. I see Joe Beef is in the frozen food game. Uh, talk, talk to us about the quality. I mean, this is not 
the old ang- hungry man dinners, right? I mean, how the, how has the quality improved? Well, I think I think um, people expect quality, are prepared to pay quality, are replacing the hunger man dinners at a dollar ninety nine on special to something that's a, a, a still affordable and it's affordable luxury. They want to eat better. They look at ingredients. People are obsessed with ingredients. They you know they look at all the stuff. You know, and, and 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 you know, and we're we're always trying to improve the offering, improve the ingredients, making it healthier for consumers. There's no question in my mind that you know I, I look at Comasal today, and I still see room for improvement. And 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 for 2023, we we want to have even better products for our consumers. They they are they want that. They want the freshness, the quality. They want it when you put it in the microwave that it comes out hot, piping, and tasty, healthy. And more importantly, not not be disappointed. There's nothing worse than seeing a beautiful packaging outside of a, of a, of a product, you know. And hunger men dinners, as you said, have a beautiful packaging. It looks, just, uh, you know, looks amazing. But when you open it up, you're disappointed. Well, we don't want that. We want customers when they open it up to see exactly what they saw on the on the picture. So, what are the next steps for Group Commercial? Next steps for Group Commercial is to introduce Group Commercial to the rest of the country. Uh, one thing that the past management had never done is exit outside of Quebec. And it's not that easy because, again, uh, you know, we're, we're a Quebec company, a uh, local company, and, and all the packaging and everything is, is, is formed around, you know, Quebec culture. Um, Canadians uh, are, 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 we're all Canadians, but Quebecers are different than the rest of the, of the country. And they're different in everything. In everything, why? Because they they maintain a more of an English culture, not a French culture, and that that distinction is 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 huge. But George uh, was also really uh, involved for much of his life in uh, fruits and vegetables here in Montreal. Uh, co-founders with his family of the Four Brothers chain, which we all remember, and uh, later as well the Europe's best uh, frozen fruits and veggies chain. So George, you were saying how uh, how you you were you pioneered the is it the the stand up uh, plastic bags now that we all find in uh, in grocery uh, shelves uh, in the frozen section for for those fruits and veggies. Actually, now the, the stand-up bag is everywhere in, in every sing, single category in, in supermarkets. Uh, yeah, I, Europe's Best um, um, launched in 2001. Um, it launched uh, an array of uh, frozen fruits, uh, blueberries, raspberries, four-berry mixes, strawberries, eventually sliced strawberries, then mango, and uh, you know, and then we had all the different kind of blends. Um, and then, and then, and then, while I was doing the frozen fruits. I looked at the frozen vegetable category and said, God, we could do better than peas and carrots and broccoli and cauliflower. And that's where I got the inspiration to do uh, some blends, some interesting blends, Asian blends, Indian blends, some, you know, some exotic blends. And I, and, and again, with the stand-up pouch and the quality being in there with the real baby corns and all that kind of stuff, uh, it became today, you could see that these blends, have transitioned to all the different kind of companies who are doing the same kind of stuff. But it was interesting that we were the first to come out with the frozen fruits and, 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 and then subsequently the frozen veggies under the brand called Europe's Best in a stand-up bag, which had, before Europe's Best, everything was flat. The whole supermarket industry was flat. All bags were flat. 
I have a question on the tech, on the frozen tech, because I do remember buying frozen fruits and veggies back in the day, and I remember they were always kind of freezer burned, and then something happened, and, I, and perhaps you were part of that, you know, the, the products got better. Is it, is it flash freezing? What, what happens in the process to make it better? Before Europe's best, everything was block frozen. So they, they had an offering of strawberries, but they were like little boxes. Uh, some of them had syrup in them, or they were block frozen. So there was, you know, and then and then uh, there was an offering of blueberries in a tub, and those two were block frozen. Everything was block frozen. Uh, in the industry, in the food industry, we had introduced a thing called IQF, individually quick frozen products, and that was just as was starting at that time. I mean, it was there, but it was just starting, and that's the that's the process that we used to launch those frozen foods. So they were frozen each individual fruit by itself. So nothing was sticking together. And, 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 the, and when they defrost it or when you used it, and what we taught consumers to do in Canada was to use making smoothies. We felt there was, you know, there's always a rush in the morning. Your kids are late. They get late to get dressed up. They don't want to go to school or they're, you know, and they don't want to eat their breakfast. But a nice smoothie, which then transitions into a milkshake, especially if you add milk uh, or any type of juice you put, um, they say, wow, thank you, mom, I love this. And they can drink it while they're being dr driven to their schools. And, and this was something that was very, very important to me. How can I get the children something better to eat and yet not take up time? And that's where we pushed very strongly on, on using, and we did it with media, we, and, you know, and, we, and we spent a lot of money doing it, but it, uh, it, paid, it paid off in dividends. With all the fruits and vegetables, and the pandemic, you know, subsiding at this point in time, are you still faced with any supply chain issues and getting the fruits and vegetables here? Or are you dealing more with local producers? How, how are you dealing with that? We're, um, the way we deal with that is um, migrating to other countries. And I want to be very honest about that. You know, traditionally, before the pandemic, you know, we were very traditional in bringing products in from China and from Europe and then from, uh, from Mexico and South America. And those traditional countries like Chile, Mexico, Poland, Belgium, France, uh, and China were our traditional countries to support the frozen fruits and frozen vegetable programs with the Alaska brand. Because today, today uh, we don't own any more Europe's Best, Europe's Best. We sold it to uh, Smuckers, uh, an American company in, in 2008. And since then, uh, the company Alasco uh, was a company that um, that uh, was was my partner, fifty percent owner of Europe's Best with me at that time, and uh, and I circled back and bought it two years ago. Um, what we've done with uh, in Alasco is because we were de definitely had issues. We had issues in, 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 where we had a boat in the Nile River and you couldn't bring anything from there. We had issues uh, with droughts, like right now we have issues in Spain where we traditionally brought, brought a lot of the products from Spain. They've had a huge drought. Uh, uh, their crops are, have been decimated. We have, we have a war in Ukraine, which all these countries are bordering right, right next door. Um, so what, what we've done is we've opened up new countries. We've opened up Turkey. We've opened up Egypt. We've opened up India. We've opened up Vietnam. We've, opened, we've gone to all these new countries, and, and they, they've got state-of-the-art new plants up. There, you know, the, the safety issues are not there at all. We watch, though, we, 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 we continuously monitor that for safety to make sure that these countries uh, do not uh, cut short anything. 
So we have people at these countries online verifying, making sure by third parties that everything is 1,000% safe. And it gives us the opportunities to do to two things. Number one, having access to a different place and securing volumes that we need for our business. But number two, and more importantly, keeping inflation down. Honestly, my, my strategy right now was, is to put into effect in 2023, no price increases. I repeat, no price increases. We want to get that inflation down. We, we saw in 20, 2020 and 2021, and 2022, huge price increases. We, you know, and it's been in every sector and every, you know, and you know what? Consumers need and, 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 and deserve our work to maintain prices at the lowest possible and maintaining the quality, not, not taking any, any issues when it comes, compromising any issues when it comes to quality. Excellent. Georgia, that's it. You push back at, uh, at the supply chain. I, I got to ask about the Smuckers deal, by the way. Uh, giant jam conglomerate in the States. Uh, how did you get in there and how, how was that negotiation with them? Uh, okay, good question. I, um, I'm in Greece. I'm in, I'm in Crete. And my VP of sales, US sales, calls me up and says, George, I've got amazing news for you. What, what happened? Walmart wants to list our frozen fruit products, Europe's best, right across the whole country, uh, right across the, the whole network of all the Walmart stores. And th there was a pause on the phone. And he, he says, George, you don't sound excited. I said, yeah, I am excited. But I'm also very nervous. Because, you know, here we are, we're going to have to, because you buy the fruits at crop. And, you know, we would have to buy at least $50 million of frozen fruit to supply Walmart. You know, and, and what happens if Walmart decides uh, on, a, on a Wednesday morning, uh, you know what, we don't want those foods anymore. What do I do with that inventory? You know, uh, and how do I maintain the integrity of my company and not have the, the, the ability to pay my, my suppliers because I, Walmart decided that's it, I'm not buying anymore. So I looked for a partner. I started the process looking for a partner, a strategic partner, who I would have sold the rights to Europe's best in the U.S. to supply Walmart and strong enough financially and with the right networking that there would not be a disappointment. And I'd rather have a smaller piece of a pie than risk my pie, you know, for uh, because I'm greedy and I want to make more sales. Pun unintended, I assume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, George, I, I looked through the website uh, for Coma, for Group Commensal. A lot of vegetarian and, and, and vegan options, and that's fantastic. I, I'm a meat eater, okay? Do you have anything for me in the future? No. <laughs> okay, that was quick. <laughs> Clear enough, Ernie? <laughs> I, I think so, yes. <laughs> but but I have another company called Alasco, and we supply all uh, we supply all the food service companies, uh, the Cisco's, the GFS's. Uh, we, we supply them all with beautiful frozen fruits and frozen vegetables. And I can guarantee their restaurants and, and their food service institutions definitely will be able to satisfy your needs. Perfect. That's wonderful to know. So you're kind of vertically vertically integrated in a lot of ways. You're getting the big picture. Absolutely. George Kira's group comments, Al, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. You're going to hang on for a few more minutes. We're going to have your one piece of advice for today's entrepreneur uh, in a moment. Uh, but first, let's talk about systems a little bit, especially if you're uh, bringing product uh, from all over the world, selling it all over the world. It can get complicated, Ernie. Uh, let's talk to Juliana Papandrea, Manager Accounting and Assurance at FL Fuller Landau. Juliana, welcome back. Hi, Dan. It's so nice to be here. 
and Ernie, cloud-based accounting systems is the topic today. So obviously at this point, everything has to be in the cloud. I, I assume you're in the cloud as well. <laughs> well, um, sometimes it's, we're it's... in the cloud. But that, that, that's a whole different, that's a whole different conversation that we're not going to have. Well, you're all the way up there on uh, all the way, uh, was it 20, 20th floor at uh, Plastic Canada? It looks like you're in the clouds. <laughs> a little. We're, we're not that high up. You know, so Juliana, you know, let, let's get into the cloud-based accounting systems. What is a cloud-based accounting system? Okay, Ernie. So cloud-based accounting systems are systems that are on a cloud, as, as, uh, as we know. They allow employees to work remotely. All you really need to log on is a subscription and a fast and reliable internet connection. So the system can be accessed from basically any location at any time of day, as opposed to desktop software that's limited to a specific computer or set of computers. And, uh, you know, it, it remains very accessible and very flexible and is the main reason many small and medium-sized businesses are opting for this type of accounting system. Cloud-based systems are ideal. They allow employees to work in a remote environment, and we've seen how important that's become in the last two years. Absolutely. So gone, gone are the days of the general ledger and the 14-column paper <laughs> and, and, and the payroll journals and, uh, and all of that stuff. So all of it now is confined into the computer, stored on the cloud. And, and, you know, storage on the cloud, because people don't really understand what that means. Maybe you could talk about storage on the cloud for a second. I know you're not in IT, but you, 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 could, you can explain that a, a bit if possible. Yes. So basically what happens is um, there's no longer a need for um, any system updates or any backups because the cloud is backed up automatically or there are some scheduled backups, but it's all done on off-site servers online with the cloud. So, you know, you don't need an IT professional. You don't need anyone to help you with these uh, types of uh, backups and updates. It's all done by the system itself. Wow, that's amazing. And, and who would benefit most from using these systems? Well, those who would benefit most, like I mentioned, would be small and medium-sized businesses that want to increase cost efficiency and flexibility. Um, by, you know, allowing the employees to work remotely and without sacrificing data breaches, of course. And the systems allow for like real-time collaboration between team members and clients by allowing remote access. The information always remains streamlined, accurate, and up-to-date. Uh, system access can be granted to various users and each user can have their own set of restrictions. And what I think is the most versatile part of this is that bank and credit card transactions can be linked, automatically imported into the cloud, minimizing the use of manual entries. And, manu so, and errors. Uh, and you, errors. You and errors. Exactly. And all, all you basically have to learn how to do is match your entries to the, the sales or expense and another, you know, there are third-party apps too that also exist that allow you to import your sales invoices or import, you know, the, the payments you've made uh, through your online banking. So uh, it's very versatile. That's phenomenal. And, and discuss more of the advantages and disadvantages of these cloud-based systems. Okay. So uh, what a lot of the systems uh, have now are also mobile app versions of, of cloud systems. So you can have the app on your phone and you can just snapshot invoices and, and 
you know, send it to your to your cloud. So it also allows for you to become paperless much easier than having to uh, scan or, or you know, use the more traditional method of uh, paperless systems. So that's one of the main advantages too. They're all in, in so some you, cases. So you could basically do your accounting from uh, uh, from the Bell Center watching a hockey game. Exactly. You can also do it from your, you know, a mobile app. Um, anywhere. You could be anywhere. You could be on vacation. You could be, uh, you know, just about anywhere and take care of a business as you go as well. Um, and, you know, as I mentioned, uh, cost efficiency is great because you don't need any more software purchases and updates. You save money on licenses and upgrades. And how many times have you been in a situation where you're working on a file only to find out you have to exit? because, you know, there's a system update required. And this can cause office-wide interruptions. And if it's not properly planned, it can cause so many inefficiencies and, and lower productivity. So that would pretty much, you know, be one solution. And it's automatic saving, I assume, too. So yes. It's, it, so that's key. That's correct. Juliana Papandrea, Manager Accounting and Assurance at FL for Orlando, with some tips on cloud-based accounting systems. Thanks so much, Juliana. Thank you, Dan. And as we come to the end of the show, let's ask our entrepreneur, George Kiris, formerly of Europe's Best, now Group Commensal, for his one piece of advice for inspiring entrepreneurs. What do you think, George? Dream and live your dreams. Do things that make you happy. Passion is the number one recipe to success. You got to love what you do. If you love what you do, you're, you're going to be successful in, in anything you do. If you wake up in the morning and you, and you, and you say to yourself, I'm going to work, it's not, it's not going to happen. But if you wake up in the morning, you can't wait for the next challenge to, to, to conquer it. You're already stepping in the right direction. Love it. George, thanks so much for joining us today. George Kiris, Group Commensal. Uh, Ernie, next week we'll be chatting with Natalie Majerian from Cameo Collection, another uh, really sort of classic Montreal brand. They do custom upholstery and furniture. And yes, Cameo is back, so we'll talk to them. A reminder, you can subscribe to Inspiring Entrepreneurs Montreal as a podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, or your favorite platform. And you can also log on to the website, inspiringentrepreneursmtl.com, for hundreds of local entrepreneur profiles. Thank you, Ernie. See you back here next week. Absolutely. It'll be fun. This has been a production of TNKR Media. Good talk.